All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us for a, another installment of the Christian Philosophy Series. Now we are on lesson 13 tonight. Lesson 13. Now, the subtitle for tonight's lesson is abortion. Now, we all know that's been a hot button topic in, in our, our world for a while now. Right. So, and it, you know, and people have gotten very, they are very passionate on both sides of this issue. But what we want to do is just look logically at what the scriptures declare and have the, the mind of God on this situation based on what? Based on what God's word says. Now, some people say that life doesn't really begin until a baby is outside the womb. Now, is this a Christian philosophy? Is this a Christian idea or not? It's not a Christian idea. That's a, that's a cultural or society idea. Okay. All right. My brother Eric says, let's see societal or cultural idea. Alright. Anybody disagree with that? Well, I know somebody who agrees with Eric, and it would be um Brother Jeremiah. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter one. Jeremiah chapter one. Right. <laughs> So again, you know, it's not about pointing fingers, arguments. Um, simply, if we say the word is our guidepost, it is our wealth of knowledge, it is our base of, of belief, then we get our understanding from the scripture. All right. So in the first chapter of Jeremiah, we, we hear the prophet Jeremiah speaking here all right so i'm gonna, I'm gonna start at verse one i'm gonna jack up some of these names so y'all excuse me <laughs> and then we gonna but we and we gonna focus on verse five all right starting at chapter one verse one all right and the new living translation says these are the words of jeremiah son of helikiah one of the priests from the town of and an, and an oath in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. The Lord's messages continued throughout the reign of King Jehoiakim, Josiah's son, until the 11th year of the reign of King Zedekiah, another, another of Josiah's sons. In August of that 11th year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. Verse 4. This is Jeremiah speaking. The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet 
to the nations. Now, this is Jeremiah declaring what he heard the Lord say. God's message. And it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So if life didn't begin until after someone was born, then how do we reconcile that with verse five? It's like, why does that say that if it's, you know, oh, the life doesn't begin until the birth, basically? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 In the King James, verse five says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. Yeah. And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. One. Before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. How can the Lord sanctify life that doesn't exist? In the Amplified, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, honestly, if we really we're just trying to get directly to the point. We can close our Bibles and go home and eat some chicken now. Because, I, I mean, honestly, where's the argument? Yeah. Now, again, if we are going to open the door and say that the scriptures aren't the only source of truth or the capital T source of, source of truth, then there may be some room for debate. But if you declare that the scriptures are the final authority, if that's the guidepost for your life, if that's where your core beliefs come from, then there's no argument. Nothing. Where where's the argument here? Yeah. Like you said, we gotta go home and have dinner. It's like it's done. Yeah. If I may, I had went to Psalm one thirty nine too, which is full of that, and it was in like the middle where it started, where it was what like um Verse 13, you possess my reins, you covered, well, I'm paraphrasing this King James, but thou have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and then it goes into 15. My substance, I was looking at the um, some of the key, you know, the notes on the side. My frame was not hid from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance yet being imperfect or unformed. And I go, that's when we're developing in the womb, basically, you know, and it says it right here. But God knew your lives is deeper because it's before. It is before. And that's before you that's curious. I already knew you were. That it's even, at least we go as far as, you know, like, I guess we call it like the conservative view or the Christian view, Christian belief on this, you know, abortion's wrong, a baby's, you know, life from the womb. 
from conception. And I go, you know, what is it, Jeremiah? I've never thought, I'm sitting here in middle, I've never really thought about it. It says before. So, like, God knew us, even not just in the womb, he was before that. I'm like, it just boggles your mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing that some Christians try to argue, and I, I went to this scripture, and y'all can go there with Deuteronomy. Um, chapter 30 verse 15 you know and I'm going to read this scripture but then I'm going to take when I take on what he's talking about pro-choice you know how some Christians say well okay they say God gave us a choice and you know I mean from the living translation um, Deuteronomy 30 and 15 they say, he says now listen today I am giving you a choice between life and death between prosper and disaster and for I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep this commandment, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. Um, I think the King Version, the King James Version says, What tells you to choose life? I said, Before you life and death. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, Okay, God gives a choice. But, and that's true. But the, we're asking the wrong question. The question is not, do we have a choice? The question is, is it right or wrong? That's true. You see what I'm saying? So we ask questions, well, do we get a chance to choose? Yeah, we do. But he lets you know. He tells you you can choose, but then he tells you what to choose. Yep, 19. You know, you know what's interesting? 19 tells you. Right. Choose life. Yeah, yeah, choose, life. Says, choose life. It tells you. Choose life. life. He death. tells you. So he tells you, yeah. He gives us free will. Choose life. Right. He tells us, okay, I give you free will. I give it to you. That's your choice. But then he tells us what choice to make. Exactly. Yeah. So he's like, okay, yeah, I, I give you free will yes. because by mm-hmm. nature, okay, that's what he gave us from the beginning. You have a right to choose. But he tells us what we should choose. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, you know, he, he doesn't leave it in the dark. Yeah. No. <laughs> he says, okay, I, I give you choice. Right. But he, this is what I want you to do. And it has to be motivated by love. Not out of fear. Choose life. So if we wanted to play with words here, we could say, yeah, God is pro-choice. He's pro the right choice. That's right. And what's the right choice? Right. Life. Right. right. I can imagine being some of my conservative friends and going, I decided I'm pro-choice. So they'd be like, are you crazy? Oh, no, no, no. I'm pro-God's choice. Yeah, can you yeah. imagine getting stickers around going, um, I'm pro-choice. <laughs> what? Yeah. Pro-choice, God's pro-choice. Yeah, God's pro-choice. Break the law, and you pick it up yeah. right behind yeah, he, like, he, like I said, he doesn't leave it. He, he didn't say, okay, yeah, choose whatever you want. But he tells you whatever you want. But he says, this is my preference. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do, if you love me, and you know what, you say that you believe in what I say, this is a choice that you should be making. Anything that has life attached to it, that should be your choice. Mm-hmm. And see, and this is where, you know, you can get real sophisticated with the arguments because some people will say they would take Deuteronomy 30 and they'll say, you know, even even God mm-hmm. is not trying to legislate morality. Then I'm like, OK, all right. Again. Am I a believer? Or am I not? If I if I'm if I'm just a secular person that does not that's an agnostic does not 
know that there is a God or doesn't believe in God, then I can I can res I can respect that stance, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't have a a a basis another basis by which to stand on, right? Because I can believe that we are just you know intelligent animals. But if I declare that I'm a believer, then how can I look at what the scripture clearly declares? Julie just said, read what David said in Psalms. The prophet Jeremiah, he we just read what he what he said, and we about to go to the Luke, right? But but the reality that life begins before a child is delivered from the womb. That's not a debatable subject for the believer. Right. For the believer. You know, interestingly enough, just as a testimony part, what I had went through a couple, you know, three or four years ago where I questioned almost everything I believed. And of course, one of the subjects that went through my mind when I just hated the idea of what God was to me and stuff, one of the subjects came to my mind was abortion. And I was always pro-life, I still am. But at the time, it was like all these questions went through my mind, like, what does God think about it? No, it was God. What did I, you know, actually, what did I think about it? Because I just was so scared. But when I thought about abortion, I go, how do I still feel about that? When I was like, God, whatever, you know. And I had a thought go through my mind, and I knew. I was like, I go, this was planted deep. As I go, everybody deserves a chance to live. And it, it's still like even being scared of God, even not doing the godly thing, I still, I still in my mind and heart go, everybody deserves a chance to live. Like I even thought to myself, like, oh, if I had been with some man and had a baby out of wedlock and I didn't know what to do or whatever, I go, I don't care. Like I will never, I can't, I cannot kill this baby. It would be, mm -hmm. I'd have to, if, if I didn't want it, let's males take care of it, you know, just something with this, if it was a child, this child deserves life no matter what. And it just, it was always stuck, even when I wasn't sure how to decipher this. I was just like, life, you know, just decide that, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I ain't read down further enough, but yeah, 19. It says 19 I, is the Yeah, I call on heaven and earth. Yeah, it's where the multiple choice call, um, thing is. Set before you life and death, blessings and cursing, therefore choose life. Choose that life. both you, for that thou and thy seed may live. Mm -hmm. See what's added to that? Yeah. That's even as. Telling you, do it. Yeah, 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 tells you, okay, this is what I prefer. Multiple mm -hmm. choice. Right. And it gives you the answer. <laughs> yeah, it didn't give the answer, right? Right. <laughs> Game show. Therefore, the choice, the answer is choose. Right. You know, and I, I know, you know, we're, we're laughing a little bit at some of this stuff because it, but really, if you just look at it objectively, there's no, no real argument here. If you, as a believer now, but now I'm, I'm going to read something from my study guide, you know, to also just to scientifically, all right, as far as development is concerned. All right. Now, all right, we're going to look at these different developmental milestones. Okay. Now, when a child on the 22nd day, a baby's heart begins to beat with the child's own blood, often a different type, different type than the mother's. Day 22, that's three weeks. Third week, the child's backbone, spinal column, and nervous system are forming. Liver, kidneys, and intestines begin to shake. Week four, 
the child is 10,000 ti- 10, times larger than the original fertile fertilized egg. This is why, you know, their stomach starts to come out, man. It's growing. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah, you know. Brain waves are detectable. Brain waves detectable at week six. Mouth and lips are present, and fingernails start forming. Fingernails? Week six. Wow. Week seven. Eyelids, toes, and, and the distinct nose begin to form. The baby's kicking and swimming. I seen that on a sonogram. My little girl did a backflip. Right. Week eight. Every organ is in place. Bones begin to replace cartilage. Foot fingerprints begin to form. Mm. And the baby also begins to hear. Wow. Mm-hmm. Begins to hear. Now I'm going to pause at week eight. Now we're going to go to Luke chapter one. Doesn't sound like my body, my choice. And I'm a woman, I can say that because it sounds like a separate body. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read this and then I'll read this in King James. Luke 1, starting at verse 41. You know what? No, I'm going to go back. Uh, Let's start at verse 35. And then we're going to just read on down. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. This is Mary. All right. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she have also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. 39. And Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste, into a city of Jada, Judah, Judah, G-J-U-D-A, and entered into the house of Zacchaeus and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary. The babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Read that again. And it came to pass. Then when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay. That don't sound like baboons, reptiles. That don't sound like Something is dead. It's inanimate. It's not, you know, living, right? 
42. And she spake out out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of the salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. So there was a response. So John the Baptist responded in the womb to Mary, Mary's voice. Yeah. Again, this sounds like a lot of life that's happening. Well, they say now that, you know, we know, because I carry her, but they're, you know, seeing even more where they go, music, playing, putting it there, the, they, they feel it, they move, they, it's lots of things. The happen. father's voice, too. And the father's He's around voice. you know, that, that's, you know. The ones that are very, you know, talk, they talk to them all the time. Mm-hmm. When they're born, they, they, they know they the voice. They know. Babies have been going just out of control, and the mother can't get to them, so they're looking at the father comes over, and they're like, it's going to be okay. And the, I think it's so important, you know, to what we're talking about, just to say, you know, the instruction of this, like what the word says, what God says, which is his word. But I mean, you know, because I, had, I might have mentioned this here before in a setting, you know, I mean, in a discussion similar to this, I had asked God a long time ago about friends of mine, people I knew who were pro-choice, whether they were believers or not. And I, I you know, I'm going to get you on, like, how many people believe or believe that, but it's like, um, I had asked God, and I was like, God, I know these people, I know they don't believe in death, they would never murder anybody, like, intentionally, right. whatever, and it's just right. like, the answer I got from God a long time ago, just years ago, was they think they're God, not like they think, oh, I'm God, but it's like they think they call the shots, like, the same folks who will grieve with a woman if she's in miscarriage will, you know, you know, they'll or had to have a baby shower for somebody, but then, oh, well, someone wants to have an abortion because it's not convenient right now. Oh, well, it's a fetus. And I go, God, how is that? And anyways, that's the answer I got. And I go, I think too, you know, with newer believers or, you know, ones who haven't been instructed, you know, because I do that too. Sometimes I'm like, how can you be a Christian and believe this? I mean, we've all asked that who believe, you know, or conservative in that view. And I said, I think it is like we talking about, you know, we're talking about this and that's good because it needs to be, addressed and discussed and thought on and the truth, you know, to be, you know, the instruction there. So mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just it just goes back to the whole idea of why we, you know, started the study in the first place is to identify what a Christian philosophy is and what is not. True, yes. Right. And, you know, and a lot of things that we believe on our, you know, our day-to-day comings and goings and just our every aspect of life, some of us, a lot of us in different areas, we have ideas that aren't birthed from what the scripture says. It's, it's cultural. It's, it's what society is saying. And this issue is no different. 
So many are so hungry for truth, and we need to hear it. I mean, people in the, the church buildings and out of the church buildings, we, we need truth. I think we, we've been so trained to, and even not even getting away from this stuff, you know, we, we still we have Christians who you're born again, but they live life like they want, you know. Even outside of this subject, well, you know, I'm saying, but I'm gonna do this, even though the word against it. I'm gonna live this way, even though the word says, no, it's wrong. I'm gonna do this way, and you know, and we tend to fall back on God's forgiveness. Yeah, He forgives, and we know that, and and we all need it. But I'm saying, I always say, okay, we're more um, prone to reach for forgiveness, which we all need. Mm-hmm. But we don't reach for his power. Which is, I think, is <coughs> but that's what he wants us. Because we know he knows we need forgiveness, but he says, I've given you the ability to overcome this. When I died, I gave you the ability to overcome anything that you need to become. So but we'd rather fall back on forgiveness. Because we said, hey, you know what? I really don't want to. If you don't really want to put forth the effort, if you really don't want to, you know, if you really don't want to change what you're doing, yeah. then I said, well, yeah, he forgives me, you know, and I just fall back on that. Because if I screw up, he forgives me. Yeah. And that's true, but what uh, to me, which one gets more glory? I think it's good too. We're digging into the word to see on these different, like we said, the social issue, the Christian philosophy, to find out like why not do or why to do things instead of just mm-hmm. well, like we said, the forgiveness. Like that's just a sin. Just don't do it. It's like, but not questioning God. But actually, I mean, it's, it's not a question of God. Why? It's more like God. What's the scripture saying about it? Why do you say this? What's the truth about it? Right. How does it affect my life? And you know, mm-hmm. and instead of just like do's and don'ts, it's like, well, this is gonna hurt you, hon, but this this is better for you, or better for whoever, you know, people around you, you know, and such. So you just made a point, okay, you know, it's, I, you can choose that. We're talking about choices. Okay, bro, you can choose that, but you understand, you have to understand there's consequences come along with this. Yeah, exactly. And as much as I love you. Consequences attached exactly to the wrongdoing, <laughs> and you gonna mess your life up. It's something that God never intended for you to experience or go through. Yeah, and you know. Yeah. And so, but yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, he forgives me, but yeah, but you're gonna experience things that you never. And speaking thought. of that, and the subject we're doing, I was surprised mm-hmm. about abortion. I think it's because I knew we we're going to talk about this and. You know, mom can relate, I can relate, well, we can relate, we can relate as women to go. And then besides the fact of the child dying and suffering in the womb and what a terrible death because it is a baby, thought about, said, how many women, and maybe you can relate in your field, Julius, about what you've seen with emotional stuff, mm-hmm. that um, women deal, have dealt with heavy depressions and probably even maybe just suicide, I've heard, you know, yeah. when they realize what they've done later and the guilt, and I go. Right. You know, and it's hurting the, the woman too. You know? And and see, and people don't want to talk about that because, no. especially as a as a Christian woman, you know, that's something that the enemy can and will use against you oh, yeah. as a for weapon condemnation and stuff. for condemnation. Yeah. Oh yes, right. 
Yeah. It's just like, you know, the how the enemy will tempt you to do something. And then once you do it, condemn you for it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm looking at some more of these stages. Let's look at, all right, weeks nine and 10, okay? A baby's teeth begin to form, fingernails develop. Wow. The baby can turn his head, his or her head, and can frown and can, can hiccup. Week 10, the baby can breathe and amniotic fluid and urinate. Week 11, the baby can grasp objects, places, uh, objects, places in his or her hand. All organ systems are functioning. The baby has a skeletal structure, nerves, and circulation. It's week 11. Week 12, the baby has all the parts necessary to experience pain. See, the pain. This is third month. Including nerves, spinal cord, and thalamus. Vocal cords are complete. The baby can suck his or her thumb. Week 14. At this age, the heart beats several quarts of blood through the body every day. This is at week 14. The baby in week 15 has an adult's taste buds. Now, any of y'all don't believe that, y'all ask your mama what she was eating when you, she was pregnant with you, then if you like that same thing too, where do you think they come from? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's why I'm a peanut butter fan. Like, I love peanut butter. I was like, it's, if I could, you know, literally eat it every day, I would in different forms. But why is that? My mother was eating peanut butter all the time when she was carrying me. Right? As a kid, yes. You it's like they, yeah, that, how that's that's kind of weird, honestly. Yeah, it's lemons, but but what? Where would she get that from? Yeah, you told me up, and I like more fruit now. But as a kid, I want to touch. That's like the last thing you gonna eat is a lemon. I love sourness. I love sour things. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I brush my teeth. I just like lemons. All right, month four. Bone bone marrow is now beginning to form. The heart is pumping 25 quarts of blood a day. By the end of month four, the baby will be eight to 10 inches in length and will weigh up to half a pound. Week 17, the baby can have dream sleep, REM sleep. Week 20, the baby recognizes his or her mother's voice. This is also the earliest stage at which partial birth abortions are performed. Week 20. Yeah. That's sad. This is, this is just science. This is life span development. Biology here. I ain't quote no scriptures there. But it's just a fetus, right? Yeah. Many times that they showed it in scientific form, the baby withdrawn from the pain. You know what? They could feel the pain from, you know, the procedures of abortion. It, it was awful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that man that I told you about, he was a doctor, and, and 
create one form and I told y'all that before, but remember I read about him. He he was like like this, he was just just thousands and thousands and he had oh you always had to put together, they always had to put it together, make sure they had all the parts. And something happened that day. And he was looking and he goes, He said something went, his, it was just like he woke up to something. Mm-hmm. It was like the scales hard the as, eyes, he, you know, as hard as he pushed for to mm-hmm. perform and do this and this, this, this. He has fought that hard to stop it. He goes, I know firsthand. Mm-hmm. He was, he was a very, even not even a woman, <clears throat> but being, a, a, you know, mm-hmm. used to be an abortion doctor. Right. It's just in in his in this prime example of how the culture, society can blind you. Yeah. You know. And you know Julie used the, the phrase having the scales fall off your eyes. Right. It's like yeah. Paul, yeah. It's like Paul. Yes. Right? What because did. what what the apostle Paul, the man who wrote two thirds of the New Testament that we read, what was he doing before he was Paul? Persecuting the murdering Christians. Yeah. Killing them. So he was the exact opposite. He was a he was an anti evangelist. <laughs> sure was. Dang. That's a definitely extreme turn around. But yeah, I mean, because he persecuted the church until he had an encounter on Damascus Road. And then he did a 180. And, and really, and that's what the enemy's job is to blind. To deceive. And and there's so much deception that surrounds this issue. Because if you can get if 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 you accept what the culture is saying, then it you know it is your choice. Because technically, you know, you have the capability to perform an abortion, even if the state tells you. That they not going to endorse it, you still can go do it. Yeah. But guess what? There's there's repercussions behind that, right? Right. Just like anybody can wake up and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm a rob Wawa today." Sorry. I want I want all those croissants, and I'm tired of paying for them. They overpaid. I'm gonna just <laughs> run up, my run up, and just and just grab all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this. Or you could just somebody can wake up and just say, you know what? I'm tired of all these bank fees. I'm gonna I'm gonna run up in there and take all that money. People make choices every day. But that doesn't mean those choices are the right choices. But they have the ability to do that. So the whole argument of, you know, you can't legislate morality. Yes, that's true. That's true, you can't, because you can't legislate a heart change. But the logic behind that is faulty because if you have a dog that's like untrained and you don't have a fence or a leash and you open your door and that dog runs out and bites somebody, aren't you not going to be held liable for that? Yeah. Watching up Jim (laughs) Judy. But the thing about it is like, well, you can't go to the judge and say, judge, well, the dog had a choice. I can't I can't legislate the dog. 
Oh, but, but it's your responsibility to keep boundaries, right? Because yes. that's your dog, right? So for a society, for a group of people to live in community, then there has to be, you know, some parameters set in place. And in a democratic society, you have the ability to do what? To vote. So if you're a believer, then it's like, okay, why am I going to support death? Because at the end of the day, regardless of what anybody says, the birth rate goes down, is reduced, the more pregnancies that are terminated. Bottom line. And what and we let's go back to Genesis 1. What did he say? What did the Lord say his will was? Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. And this is the antithesis of that. The enemy's job is to steal, kill, kill and destroy. And the thing about it is, is you can dress it up, and this is what has happened. You can dress it up, make it look pretty, and make it look sophisticated and intelligent. But at the end of the day, the fruit of it is death. Now, I don't know all the statistics on this, but economists have talked about how, you know, the, the Social Security and how, you know, years from now it's not going to be available. And they talked about how if, let's say, half of the abortions that occurred didn't occur, how many more people would be in the workforce paying taxes, paying into society, and the economic impact that would have? But again, you know, for to look at it objectively, there has to be clarity of thought there. Your eyes have to be, be open. But the enemy's job is to blind us to the truth. Deception is his biggest tool, deceiving us. I mean, you had mentioned about, you know, we said about, you know, we can't what is it, legislate morality, but you know, I was thinking about the scripture, I couldn't think of it, but I looked it up in First Timothy and one where starting like eight, it, I'm just gonna paraphrase, but it's like we know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully because as believers we know the law doesn't bind us anymore, but the law still has the purpose of there's, you know, things it talks about that's good for us to do or not do. And it was in verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, the ungodly sinners, and it, such and such. It goes down, and I go, that's what it was. I knew it was in there talking about laws are made to regular, get, keep sin in a more axis, small, you know, as low as possible, you know. So, yeah, boundaries. Boundaries. It's a boundary. There you go. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a boundary. Yeah, like ch being changed. By Jesus and himself, that's the best. No but, laws, you know, and no police out there trying to enforce them. There would be chaos. Right, right. people shooting it each would other. Be just total robbing Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Some of the futuristic movies, even the older ones, mm -hmm. you see it. It's just total. I mean, anarchy. There's just totally out of control. No law. 
a little bit while they're you know, they portray in the movies. Mm -hmm. It's um, have you ever had the big guns? And yeah, the one dude, the strong dude, the real like the shotgun and the big like machine gun, <laughs> walking through like this dead, like desolate place. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So to me, it's about any any loss. You know. Right. Yeah, but we live in a culture that promotes, you know. Yeah, you can do what you you free to do what you want. And like I said, once again, that's not that's not that's that's true. But we don't spend time enough um, telling them what the consequences are. And that's what we miss out. We just say, okay, we tell you, yeah, do what you want to do. We just say, nah. Yeah. Hey, it's your choice. If we're a free country, do what you want to do. Okay. You know, like he said, democratic. We live in democracy. Yeah. Yeah. But consequences come along with that. I love when we talked last week. When we were talking about homosexuality. Still, you're giving that example. That woman who was in a lesbian mm -hmm. like lifestyle, and God has shown her. It's like I love you no matter what you do. Right. But this is not going to be good for you, basically. Right. Like you and can't so raise children. It's not doing anything good for you. Like, this is mm -hmm. where you are. I have a better way. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. He didn't. He didn't take away her choice. Exactly. And he didn't. He never just goes. Yeah. I love you, darling. But, but this is going to hurt you. Right. you know? But he's saying but he this, told this is what I'm trying to get like, through you. Yes. And I'm trying to get the generation out. It wasn't just That's don't do it. It's this yeah. is going to happen if you do this. I'm trying to protect you. Want you to grow. Want you to expand. And you're not going to expand it. You stop. There's no life behind that. Right. Well, my thing is, like I said, people, and this is the position I'm in, okay, what does God get glory out of? What is he trying to get glory out of? And that's what I, my perception. He wants the glory out of our lives. So which is better? So you can choose this. But which, what is going to bring him glory? Because what we're here to what, show people God through us, right? That's what we, we've yeah. done. In our life, in our lifestyle, we live. We are supposed our mindsets of God. What do what do I do to bring you glory in my life? The way I live, where I how I conduct myself, where I talk, where I behave, the choices I make. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is gonna bring you glory? Yeah. And that should be our choice. Okay. To bring him glory, to bring let the world see him through us and what we're doing, where we're living. And so but if you, your mindset is, okay, I'm a Christian, but you know what? I, I want to do what I want to do. You know, this is my choice. This is what I want to do. Okay, you can do that. Yeah. But, you know, you just cancel out the scripture, let your light so shine. Yeah. And then the scripture, he said that, hey, what the Father may be glorified. I think, you know, the consequences too, like we focus in the church realm and still some parts of it does, that the consequences were... God's going to condemn you. God doesn't like it. He's going right. to punish you. And then once we realize the truth, then we can focus on the true, the real consequences. Like it's like the parent and the children. Andrew Mama gives the example of the Old Testament was like, basically, we were kids. And we needed a spanking to show us what right and wrong was. Now in the New Testament, we're adults. And now it's your choices. What, like you're saying, the choices, the consequences of it. And I think that's something, too, like even with the abortion issue, like, for so long, it was God is bringing condemnation. He's bringing judgment on America because of all the abortions. I'm like, it ain't good. The abortions ain't good at all. But it's instead of focusing on God is grieved, his heart is broken. Right. You know, that all these deaths and all these people that needed to live because he's about life. And then all these women, men were brokenhearted because 
their children are dead and they didn't realize it at the time mm -hmm. and they feel bad and then you know it goes on and on and instead of focusing on the the actual like truth of the matter or the, the you know the heart of the matter right. we're also focused on the other and i go i think too if we veer to that you know to the correct thinking that's going to help too you know and then it's like oh my god like instead of god's going to judge me if i do this it's if i abort my baby i'm murdering my child and then it makes you think and it gets to the heart instead of like <laughs> you know, that you know well you make a good point like i i've heard him say you know it's when i heard something i read this other day and he said when it comes to the truth, truth don't have to be brutal. It just has to be truth. Yeah. And then a lot of times, Christians, we make it brutal. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you talk about the condemnation and Take stuff like that. And, and, you know, and I've heard Judith say, too, we don't, we can talk about these subjects without, you know, like you said, being condemning. But like you said, just show people the word and how God, like you said, how he's grieved about it. Yeah. Not that he's angry, but he's grieved. It's like, okay, this is hurts me because it's going to hurt you. Right. Yeah. And when you take that approach, you know, of course, everybody's not going to receive it. But coming from that approach, not just finger pointing, but just saying, you know what, as we're doing here, look, this is what the scripture says. And as you're a believer, then we pray that you would embrace what the scripture says and then make your yeah. choices from there. Yeah. And I think if we take that type of approach, I think we're more uh, subject to get people to change their mind versus just like you're going to hell and uh, you know. So yeah, when you take that approach, it's just it's pushed back and people not not going to receive it. Yeah, right. Because in in his condemnation, in in that sense, so you know you're putting the other person on defense to find the sin in you and point it out. Right. So they can have a a a, a change in their their conscience right and this society will support that because if i'm pointing the finger at you about xyz thing then the flesh response the natural response is to look at me like oh okay he who he think he is he ain't all that i saw him hollering at his kids and his wife the other day I saw him cuss somebody out at food line. I saw him such and such, such and such. And, and it turns into this because you're 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 setting yourself up as the judge. Right. Right. But the reality is, I you you as a believer, you don't have to you number one, you're not called to to judge anybody. Right? But now some so, some folks will say, didn't Jesus say you judge a tree by the fruit that it bears? Yes, he said that. But now, how do we apply that, though? Well, I can judge your actions. Right. But not, you know, you I can't say, you know, you're not a believer because you do this. No, but I can look at your actions and say, okay, hey, you know, you steal from me? Yeah, I mean, that's wrong. Right. I have the right to be angry about that. Of course, but, you know. To just go into judging your character per se toward your identity, then I go beyond what right. God told me to do. But how now? How? But see, how crazy would it be for me to advocate for my right to steal from Him? Don't don't I have a right to to take what Eric has? He has a galaxy. 
Now, that's a bad example because I have a better phone. <laughs> I was just saying, it, that, that's not a true example there. We, we have the other guy. But mm -hmm. let's say I look at his car and I'm like, he has a Nissan. That's a bigger car than mine. He shouldn't have that. I should be able to just take that. Wouldn't it be wild for me to try to convince the world that I have a right to take his, his vehicle? Right. <laughs> but don't we aren't aren't we doing that when we shout for the right to terminate a pregnancy? Yeah. Now somebody, you know, I mean, really, just looking at it objectively now. It's asinine. <laughs> you know, it's so stupid. Yes, that's a strong word. <laughs> there you go. It is. She taught me it, yeah, so it's a good word. Right. And, and I like what, you know, Julie said earlier and, and what Eric was talking about in reference to just consequences and looking at, you know, how this impacts you, you know, and people don't talk about how it impacts fathers, too. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. it's been growing over here. Because, see, sometimes, you know, people on, you know, uh, they'll, it'll be, it'll be a couple, they get together and, and their conception takes place and the mother will take it in her own hands to have the abortion and the father don't have no say. He has no say in that. Story. And it's like, well, and, you know, and they, and that, and that man has to deal with the, the fact that there was a seed there. That did not come to fruition, did not see was life. My son? Was that my son, my daughter? Right. Yeah. Right. And there, and there, there's, <clears throat> there's suffering there. Oh my God, I can't. Because there's suffering on both sides. You got the woman, the man, everybody involved. The baby is, it, it, their life is terminated. And then you have the two parents there, right? Who, who have been sold a false bill of goods that, hey, your body, your choice. Yeah, technically, right. you have the ability to make that choice. But the question is, is it the right choice? Is it a good choice? Right. In the moment, it looks good to you. But see... Who who's to say what that child would have grew up to be? But we wouldn't know because their life was cut off. They have a song, and y'all probably some here for it. My mom has, and listen, you know, anybody listening to us, it was called "Blue Eyes Like Janie's," and it like basically it was written from a man's point of view too. And he go he discusses in the song each verse goes through it. The beginning, it was him and this woman, Janie's girlfriend. They mutually made the decision to abort their baby. And they were all like cool with their, at peace with their decision. They were great, whatever, until they were leaving the abortionist's office. And they heard them say that they knew that the baby was a girl. And it just changed both of them, like mutually. They both were like, oh my God. And he just wondered when he was like, would she be a tall girl? Would she be this? Would she have blue eyes like Janie's and brown hair like mine? And even at the last verse of it, at the end of the song, he was dealing with, he had saw Janie, it was like 20 years later or something. She had like a sign up. She was in a, a march and it was against abortion. And 
he's like, I'm so glad, you know, many others have died since ours, you know, and mm -hmm. I go, it's true. It, it does. It, it's when you think of it as an object, it's not, but then it's a human being. It was a girl. And it was like, it was a person, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it goes back to the devaluing of human life. Not just the aborted baby, but the parents too. Truly. Devaluation of life. But again, it goes, it, all that stuff, it goes, it's, the, the whole philosophy, it stems back from what? The, the devil's MO to steal, to kill, and destroy. So things that lead to theft, death, and destruction, you know where they come from. But the deception is that it's a choice that will provide freedom. But in reality, it brings what? Bondage. It, it, there's, a, there's a bondage so there. Whether, whether, whether the person realizes it short term or long term. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm looking at some of these stats and I'm like, wow, this is just, it's wow. Um, in the study guide, it says the abortion rate in the U.S. is alarming, right? Now, again, this is like at least two or three years old. So these numbers could be in more than this. 3,600 abortions are performed every day, which amounts to more than 1.3 million abortions every year. or one every 24 seconds. All right, in a study guide it says, since Roe Roe v. Wade legalized abortion in 1973, nearly half a million babies had been aborted. All right, this is coming from facts on induced abortion in the US from the Gutmeister Institute, all right. Now, a graph from the Gutmeister Institute, um, the World Health and the, the World Health Organization causes of death. 42% of all yearly deaths in the world are from abortion. 42%. It's almost half in the world. But this is just a social issue. Come on now. You, I was the one that watched all the women you know, at the, through the years before her. Um, that's my right, it's my choice. Abort, abort, abort. And I wanted her so much. And I waited a long time for her. But in between those years, all those babies were being aborted, and I had—I was longing for that for the life. I cherished so every moment sad. when I knew it was going to happen. It's so sad. I have a cousin who, she has five children. They're all in their twenties or teens, in any way. But at the time when her—I think it was her 
mother-in-law's girlfriend, somebody she was around a lot, she had gotten pregnant and she had an abortion. It was just, it's a small story. It's nothing like big, but it was, here's this woman who's had babies and had life and loved babies and loved her children. I mean, she wanted children and she looked at this, you know, the girlfriend of the, the brother-in-law and they went to water country or something a couple months later and she's in a bikini, this girl, and she's looking at her and she told mom and I, you know, she's, you know, look close and she goes, I don't want to judge her. She goes, I couldn't help but like think like she shouldn't look like that right now. She should, you know, it was so heartbreaking, you know, to think and unnatural, you know. Now, Okay. All right. Now, some of this here from the study guide. I'm. I'm just gonna read. Okay. All right. I'm coming from page three fifty one. And I'm starting with the connection between the agenda of Planned Parenthood and um, Nazism, right? Now, so it says Nazism was a philosophical blend of social Darwinism and eugenics. Social Darwinism was the theory that humans were subject to the same forces of evolution that Darwin proposed for plants and animals. Eugenics is the study of hereditary improvement of the human race by controlled selective reading. Eugenics thought that humans should take the same approach to reproduction that cattle ranchers take to breeding livestock. Only breed the strongest and healthiest. Supporters of eugenics believe that Darwin's proposed force of natural selection was moving too slowly and steps needed to be taken toward favoring the best and eliminating the worst. This was the same philosophy behind Hitler's master race idea. It's worth noting that Nazi Germany's first program of submit systematic murder targeted mentally and physically disabled children living in institutions within Germany or its controlled territories. The sole purpose of the euthanasia program was to kill people the eugenicists believed were not worthy of life. Notably, the Nazis' first victims were infants and toddlers. The fact that they started killing the handicapped two years before they targeted Jews demonstrates that the evil of the evils of the Holocaust didn't descend upon Germany overnight. It was a slow, steady process. After society turned a blind eye to the killing of the handicapped, the Nazi government was emboldened to begin a more aggressive program of murder, the Holocaust, which killed six million Jews. The eugenics movement in Germany spawned Nazism, resulted in mass murder of millions of innocent lives, but the eugenics movement in, America, in the United States took a different form. The chief proponent of eugenics in the United States was a woman named Margaret Sanger. Mm -hmm. You may recognize her name. She founded the American Birth Control League in 1928, which later became known as Planned Parenthood. Sanger coined the term birth control and she promoted abortion was as a way to kill unwanted babies. 
it was her idea of purifying the gene pool. Now, quotes from Singer's writings leave no doubt about her motive, motivations for promoting abortion. All right. These are some of the quotes. All right. We desire to stop at, this, at its source, the disease, poverty and feeble-mindedness and insanity, which exists today for these lower the standards of civilization and make for race deterioration. Another quote. We would make it a law that children should be brought into the world only when they were welcome, invited, and wanted. That they would arrive with a clean bill of health and heritage. That they will possess healthy, happy, well-mated, and mature parents. Next quote. Every single case of inherited defect, every malformed child, every congenitally tainted human being brought into this world is of infinite importance to the poor individual, but it is scarcely less important to the rest of us and to all of our children who must pay in one way or another for these biological and racial mistakes. Oh my God. Next quote. The, the campaign for birth control is not merely of eugenic value, but is particularly identical and ideal with the final aims of eugenics. Sanger concludes, birth control propaganda is thus the entering wedge for the eugenic educator. All right. Now, continuing to read from the study guide. Now, again, these quotes were coming from the Margaret Sanger, The Morality of Birth Control, all right, and The Children's Era, The Pivot of Civilization, all these Margaret Sanger, so you can look all this stuff up. All right. The eugenic value of birth control propaganda, 1921. All right. So like all this stuff is available to look up. All right. I'm still reading from the study guide. It says, notice that Sanger believed only well-mated parents with a clean bill of health and heritage should be allowed to have children. Her ideals were blatantly racist. Among the people whom Sanger thought should not be allowed to procreate were the disabled, feeble-minded, and the pomper element dependent entirely upon the normal and fit members of society for their support. There is no doubt in the minds of all thinking people that the, pro the procreation of this group should be stopped. That's another part of the quote. All right. Now, for Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood, both birth control and abortion were all about purifying the human race through controlled and selective breeding. She thought of abortion as a propaganda tool to weed out the members of society she deemed unworthy of life. All right. Now, just, just pausing and looking at that. Some of these quotes... Can you see how blatantly anti-biblical, anti-Christ this is? Yeah. And the scripture says God is no respecter of persons, right? Okay. All right. All right. But you see the connection between eugenics, eugenics and the abortion agenda, right? And... One thing that as a 
as a black man is 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 wild how you look at where a lot of these clinics are located. Mm-hmm. Yes, where are they located? A lot of times, impoverished neighborhoods with a lot of minorities, right? so sad and you ask every you ask every single person who stands for something like this what if your mother had felt that way about you you know it just it's just it bothers your mind i have to say something very carefully because of the things that's been going on but i have been told some things that have chilled me to the bone about even my health do screenings and things like that to prevent things and to me, it's, it's in one sense we know it is there's some good, but we know there's the dark side to it. This, you know, you don't want this to happen if you catch this in time. If you do this, do this. And I've seen too much. I've heard too much, and it it chills me to the bone because I know that it's it's been used and it's going it's still being used it's been used for a long time to do exactly what you said bring it scrape out the bad this this no let's get rid of that there's all this your your baby has a defect why don't we go ahead and set it up and get rid of this child you know it's not perfect and some fall for it some go no i don't care Mm -hmm. I want this job. I was like, okay, oh, so baby's personally, gonna fix that, right? Yeah. I can't have any children now. I'm past that age. But the point is, it's was pointing towards her, saying, "Well, if you catch this now, then this might be for her." And I go, um, "I think I'd rather trust God." Right. Mm-hmm. He he knows us better than we know ourselves. And it's amazing, not amazing. And Satan's it's, never it, amazing. He's never done an amazing thing in his whole existence but it's amazing it's amazing. interesting and mom and i both picked this out and i don't mind saying it's me but the specific medical personnel that was talking to mom um was talking yeah you know and we could do this and this and this and then we could even figure out what kind of birth control would be good for your daughter and i'm like and even really? my doctor appointment I, i'm here for some yes. for her I'm and like, that kind of chilled me it's like, like it's um, already who said I wanted it? Whatever, you know. It's like, you know, trying to play God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, knew, I knew, and I don't know, if, I think they try to give back. I know my, my youngest daughter, I think, they try to, they came up with some vaccine to prevent, you know, um, some type of cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, in a woman's body part, you know, mm-hmm. and they try to give it to them at the young age. Yes. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. so why do you assume that they're going to have a problem with this? Yeah, that's true. And so you want to give something to prevent it. And I'm saying, my wife is like, nah, because. But I'm saying they yeah. they kind of cover yeah, all these things as in, well. It comes to cover that this may life. happen, so therefore this may happen. This right it now. So let's do this. So you know they may not have no problem, but I'm saying, how do you know they're gonna have a problem? Yeah, exactly. It's like show me statistics, and even that, it's like right. So what I'm saying with that, so yeah, they come up with stuff. Yeah, and you know we know that. 
I think the, the motivation behind it, of course, we know it's the, the Benjamins, you know, but. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying, why are you giving this stuff or why you come up with stuff to say, okay, well, just in case this happens, we want to give it to you at 10 because, you know, it may happen in your 20s, but we're going to give it to you while you're 10. I know a woman too, and something I know very closely, she, her and her husband are actually, well, they've been trying to have a child, but then they're kind of financially looking at some other things right now, but they are in that specific, pretty much right. stage of her life. Mm -hmm. And she's told me, she goes, she goes to her gynecologist, they want to, here's a drug, here's a drug, here's a drug. And she's mm -hmm. in the medical field herself, I'll say mm -hmm. it that way. And she's like, she says, girl, I left the office, I went home, I went to my fireplace, I burned it. She goes, all these prescriptions, she goes, like, oh, she's having, trying to have a kid, and they're trying, well, you need to take this pill, this pill, right. this, and this, and it's like, she says, she goes, there's certain medications she understands being in the right. profession she's in, she goes, but they're trying to just fill us full of pills, you know? Exactly. And, you know, part of that was, the, you know, um, trying to, you know, pick, you know, mm -hmm. who we want to be on the earth. <laughs> and that, you know, just the whole idea of that, you know, is, is a supreme arrogance to think that you, you know, man has the ability to determine who is worthy of life and who's not. Mm -hmm. right. And I'm looking at the study guide here and it, it you know, he goes, you know, Andrew goes into a partial birth abortion. Now, as, as brutal as that is, that's not something I'm, I'm not gonna get into what it actually is, but I know I've seen video of yeah, what it is, yeah. right, and of how brutal it is, and you think about that, and it's like you you look at partial birth abortion, right, and just what it physically is, like the act of it, what it looks like, what the results are, and then you think about how Roe v. Wade was overturned recently. And the reaction that it got, mm -hmm. right? It, it's not just a, you know, a frustration or a disappointment from for some. There was just major vitriol and rage. It's hateful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was. Now, where do you think that comes from, for real? Yeah. What's fueling that? Because now we can, we don't have time to really go another layer deeper in the agenda behind all this. But again, all you have to do is know John 10 and 10. Yep. Yeah. The enemy comes to steal, yeah. kill, and destroy. And this, this whole issue is just another manifestation of that. Now, if you want to make this connection or not, I'm going to just read something from the Old Testament. Let's go to Jeremiah 7. Jeremiah 7. And let me see. Let's start. We're going to start at verse 30. Jeremiah 7, start at verse 30. Again, this is the prophet Jeremiah 
verse 30 in the New Living Translation says, the people of Judah have sinned before my very eyes, says the Lord. They have set up their abominable idols right in the temple that bears my name, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines at Topith, the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hanamim. And there they burn their sons and daughters in the fire. I've never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. Now, think about verse 31. They have built big pagan shrines at top of the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hanem. And there... They burn their sons and daughters in the fire. Now, somebody on the outside looking in, they'll read this and like, wow, how barbaric is that? How barbaric is that? You burning your child, your sons and daughters. But we can advocate for a partial birth abortion. Is it somehow that's civilized? What's the difference? What's the difference? The result is the same. Now, they will say, okay, well, these babies were, were already born. Okay. You know, to me, I wonder when they've had, and I never say this word right, because I won't correct me if it's wrong, infanticide, infanticide, whatever they call it, when there were struggles and it was back. I mean, it still happens, I'm sure, but like they were literally, like back in the late 2000, like probably seven or eight, um, you know, different states and stuff were dealing with, dealing with laws because babies had survived abortions or they tried to abort or whatever and they were born and they were left on tables to die. And I go, I think it's like that proverbial Satan always overplays his hand type of thing. Like, oh, well, it's just for the babies in the womb or the fetus. But, okay, well, why were people starting to justify that? That was out of the womb, you know? And it's just like, yeah, Satan, we know what you're up to. You know, you try to kill our children, you know? So that's the point. Well, it's progressive, right? Mm -hmm. Things are progressive, right? So, you know, as you... As sin has a foothold, if it's not checked, it's going to grow. Yeah. Right? So, you know, again, when we, we talk about these issues, it is if we are, and this is just for, for believers, because we talk about Christian philosophy, right? If you're a believer, then you are charged to get your belief system from the scriptures, from what the word of the Lord says. That's where we, that's where we look to see who God is, to, who's to see who we are. 
That's the mirror we look at. That's the encyclopedia we read. That's our Google. Yeah. I know one of my coworkers the other day was telling me about one of her, her sister, you know, how well, she made the statement that, you know, well, she said, I don't know why I'm going to allow my sister to have children because her sister, you know, pretty much didn't. Well, you would say take care of it and embrace her kids. Mm-hmm. You know, she had boys and stuff like that. She was like, well, God, she had never let her have children. I said, well, we, why do you blame God? Why we, God doesn't take away that choice? I said, you know, it's up to your sister to understand what she want to have kids. So that was her. But she was like, okay, God, and so her mindset was, okay, well, you know, if he's he sovereign, right? He knows that she ain't gonna take care of her kids. So therefore God should take with her ability. Yeah, close her wound. To reproduce. Yeah. yeah. So she can. Right. And I'm saying he doesn't do that. Once again, we're talking about okay, he can get ready to choose, but okay, just because he knows. If she's not going to that don't mean he takes away her choice. But at the same time, he understands that if she, like you said, if she's a Christian, if she would, you know, I don't think she's a Christian, but if she's down there, she will get a revelation to the word. Okay, this is how I'm supposed to parent. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he just don't snatch it. Right. Yeah. And and see, and people still, you know, you you can't underestimate what the the authority that God has given to man on the earth. Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So when he spoke, that's what it is. That's what it is. Man at that point, is a has the ability to make a choice right so getting back to this whole issue right so is god pro-life or pro-choice he both mm-hmm. he's both he's pro-life and pro-choice mm-hmm. but he's tr- he's pro the right choice and the right choice is the truth. He's pro. We want. He wants us to make the choice for life, of life, <laughs> or the right choice. Right. I like what you said. That he's, he's both, but like I said, he's he. But he wants us to make the right choice, which he gives us the answer to. Right. But he's both. He's got this giant quiz, right? <laughs> She's life or death. Yeah. Look. Flip it over. The answer's already Yeah, he gives you answers. Choose life. Yeah. He gives you answers. All this yeah. good stuff comes. Mm-hmm. Choose life. Yeah. Choose life. All the way around. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I keep, I get the image of the cart, them old school cartoons, right? You got the Holy Ghost. You got the angel on this one side. Yes. It's like, hey, let's go that way. Dude, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Then you got the little devil on the other side. Like, no, he's lying. He's lying. He lying. That, that's the right answer oh, right there. That's right. the way to go. So, you know, when we talk about having a Christian philosophy, 
right? Are my cliff notes in this word or is it in the world? Mm -hmm. That's the question. And again, you know, this, this is not, I know we've been talking about some heavy issues um, and there's no desire to come across as condemning by any stretch of the imagination because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I know all of us need his blood, especially me. I know I need it. I need his mercy every day. All right. And that's the good news that he has provided it in the person of his son. And whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So regardless of what the mistakes that you have made, he offers that forgiveness. All you have to do is make the profession to choose life, to give the Lord your life so you can have his. All right, social media family, thank you once again for joining us. We'll see you next week.